how new moms can recover from depletion and become change makers. With Alina Turley from the Soul Mama Hub blog on episode number 270 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I boil it down to three words these days. I've managed to put it into a three-word understanding. And those three words are compassion, connection, and calibration. And the reason I use Mm. those three words is that I do believe the very first thing that needs to happen is a degree of self-compassion. Easier said than done, right? For me, that meant letting people in that could help me and actually humbling myself and allowing myself the space and grace to accept help. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, 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 good people. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I am just honored that you allowed me to be into your earbuds here today for me to speak a little word into your life that's going to help you to navigate adversity in your life and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can find me at drbradmiller.com and at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway. You can find out some more information about our products and uh, services that we have. We're here to serve you, to help you to grow through what you go through. Today we're doing so here on episode number 270 by talking to Elena Turley. Elena is an incredible woman who comes to us from from Australia where she has created and it's been since 2009 that she created the Soul Mama Hub blog. And that's become part of her, her mission to spearhead intergenerational change that helps women, moms in particular, to step into their role as moms as what she calls a conscious custodian, to be a member of a nurturing community and to heal their own traumas, big and small, and help speak a good thing into the lives of their children and to others. And she has a membership site and mentor services to help women cope with depletion, which is just being exhausted, a whole different level for moms particularly. And I get that. Uh, I know that uh, I have that in my own life. My daughter, who's going to be is in her mid-30s and mother of two children under five, uh, talks about that a lot. And I get that. So she's an award-winning educator and podcaster, a holistic health mentor. She's got over 30 years of experience and she's here to speak into your life here today. She has the podcast. She has a podcast called Unboxable, which is highly rated. And her, as I mentioned, her her uh, her uh, blog is called the Soul Mama Hub blog. And she's going to speak. We're going to have a great conversation here today, and you're going to love it about this whole deal about overcoming depletion and becoming the type of mom that you want to be to uh, be a change maker in the life 
of others. You could find her at elenaturley.com. That's A-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-L-E-Y.com. She is our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Let's get into this conversation right now. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. We are always are interested in connecting up and talking to people who have had some unique story about how they have faced adversity or teach others how to deal with adversity in their life. And that's the case today with Alina Turley, who is our guest today. She is the Soul Mama, has a Soul Mama Hub blog and the Unboxable podcast, which is all about soulful inspiration for mothers with big dreams. And then she's a part of the mother love movement, the theme of motherhood here. We're going to talk about that. But Elena, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you so much, Brad. Nice to be here. It is an honor to have you with us today. We mentioned how everything you're about is related to motherhood and about the dynamics of that. So there's a story there about how this was inspirational to you, especially in terms of investing the time and energy to put out so much content regarding this area. There had to be a motivation there. So tell us what the story of what motivated you to create the blog and the podcast and to serve mothers so much. Sure. And I think at the root of any kind of service is your own experience, right? So I found myself with my first child, I was about 31 and I just found myself in a really less than ideal position in life. I was navigating recovery from abuse and PTSD and early life trauma and addiction culminating and from all of that. And I found myself homeless with a two-year-old, a little bit distanced from the people around me that that loved me and supported me. I felt like I had burned those bridges and I realized my life couldn't go on as it was. And because I had come from a position of privileged position, the good education and a loving family, it was very confusing. It was, how did I get from there to here? And the next five years after that moment was really just about putting my life back together and understanding in a deeper way how it had come to that and showing up as the best mom possible for my son. I was Mm. a single mother for seven years. And during that time, I felt ultimately responsible for him and for our experience. And so I embarked on a bit of a mission, a bit of a quest to, I guess, become whole and start to put together some big dreams that I'd always had for my life. And so that sort of transformation from the very rock bottom to a beautiful life that I now have, having had another family and two more children and married, I live in Sydney in a really beautiful place. And I got my black belt in Hapkido, the Korean martial art. I'm an educator. I've done a lot of things since that I really always dreamed I would be able to do. So that to me is so valuable and gives me such a great deep, a deep compassion and empathy for anyone who is also emerging through their adversity and their trauma or even just simply motherhood can be really intense. I'm sorry, the pain of your initial circumstances really – burnt a burning or penetrated your very essence of who you are so you have a really burning desire it seems to me to really serve people who had somewhat of similar circumstances to you and you that's a situation a lot of people find themselves in alina single mom Mm -hmm. single dads i was a single parent myself for a couple years it's 
that is a tough place to be in the best of circumstances. And you yes. mentioned some other things, abuse and other things, which are yes. really just devastating. And you, But you also mentioned it took you a few years to navigate that. So yeah. let's talk about that for a second, Alina. What were some of the things that you did? What were some of the actions that you took to survive yes. that circumstance and to begin to, as you say, to make yourself whole and to... Yes. Get to a better place. What are some of the things that you did then, and maybe you relate to what people can make can do in their own lives now? Absolutely. So I boil it down to three words these days. I've managed to put it into a three-word understanding, and those three words are compassion, connection, and calibration. And the reason I use mm. those three words is that I do believe the very first thing that needs to happen is a degree of self-compassion. Easier said than done, right? For me, that meant letting people in that could help me and actually humbling myself and allowing myself the space and grace to accept help, which I think is a really big deal in our culture where we're in the cult of the independent, we're in the cult of the individual. And in that sort of modern, I guess, concept of individuality, you're supposed to be strong enough to handle things on your own. Yeah. That's a trope that we all relate to, I guess, in our modern world. I actually believe that is incorrect. We need to be strong enough to accept help. We need to be strong enough to allow our vulnerability to show that actually is the most courageous act is to say, I need help. So that was the number one thing was to go, okay, it's undeniable. I need help. And I was forced into that position with a level of circumstance, homelessness, yeah. addiction, et cetera. So what were a couple of the ways that you actually sought out help? What were some of the things you did? Number one, I went to a 12-step program. I actually okay. did that for five years because okay. I had an addiction that I needed to address. Number two, I started to read books, go to courses, go to workshops, actually really explored, relentlessly explored what would work to heal me from my early life trauma. And that was a lot of different things. It wasn't just one thing. It was a combination of a lot of different things. It also changed the people I had around me. So I made some choices, some hard choices to not tolerate any longer having people in my life that didn't support me wholeheartedly. And, and that's a hard choice to make mm, when yes. especially I had to identify that I had been participating in abusive relationships by staying in them. Wow. So that, that so was you, big. So you had to do some work about your present almost crisis circumstances, the 12 steps. Then you had to do some work to process some stuff. You mentioned you came from a bit of a privileged background, and yet that doesn't preclude the fact that you had early life stuff to deal with. You had to process right. that as well. So what I want to right. get at is some of the actions that you took was not only a present yeah. crisis thing, but why, yeah. you know, how you got there, why you stayed in abusive relationships. Yes, that's right. So what are the root causes? And that was a multi-prong thing, right? So I had to do some therapy. Mm -hmm. I did some gestalt therapy. Gestalt right. is based on the principle, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. Looks at the whole situation. That was very powerful. I did some self-development workshops with various, I saw healers. I sought out spiritual guidance in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it was with individual practitioners. Sometimes it was in group work situations. It was such a variety of things. And to be honest, I had been pursuing that kind of soulful 
insight from a very young age. I had been writing stories when I was very young. I had been, even in my late teens, I was traveling to various workshops and I was endlessly curious about different ways to unlock that lack of confidence and lack of self-worth that I knew was in there. I could feel it from a very young age. But you had the hunger to learn, it sounds like. And you mentioned that you're yeah. you mentioned that you're a teacher, and I find teachers, of which I'm one as well, often yes. relearn are learners first and foremost. And so two or three yes. things I'm hearing here that you did. You decided yeah. you were very intentional about processing your pain. Once yes. you came to realize that you had to do something about it, you did some yes. early life stuff, you did some present crisis management, but you also yes. were learning, you were going to courses and so on, and you were seeking not only the practical, but the spiritual and applying yes. that to your life. So I think the intentionality yeah. is such is important there, Elena, because so many yes. people, in my experience, see what your experience is, when bad things happen, they wall up or they get into a shell or they yes. self-protect, uh, they yeah. protect, they withdrawal from others. It's natural, right? And yeah. It's a protective, it's a coping yeah. mechanism. I get it and you get it. But yeah. what I'm hearing you say is you got to still take action. You got to do something if you want to break out of that pattern. A lot of people don't. Yeah. So two words I use often to, to describe that is a decision. I made a decision. Decisions are very powerful. You make a decision that's powerful. That makes mm -hmm. a that's a change. Yeah. And I became willing to do mm. whatever it took. And that was the relentless pursuit. So the curiosity and the keeping on trying things until you find something that works. So I became willing mm. to go through that's that process no matter what. So what were some of the things that you learned by being a willing student that may have been apart from your past experience? What were some of the things you learned? I yeah, look, I learned that I really deeply believe that, and this moves on from the compassion when I talk about yeah. compassion, connection, calibration. So first of all, self-compassion is the only way I believe that you can become decisive and willing is you need to forgive yourself for being where you're at. You need to go, okay, I'm going to stop beating myself up now. I'm going to give myself huge helpings, self-compassion, and that's a practice. And then I'd say the next bit is connection. So then you say, okay, I'm willing to accept help. And that ability to connect through pain, through that resistance of I just want to hide and protect myself and defend and curl up in a little corner, that takes real moxie. Like yeah. that takes, a, it's hard. Hard to make a connection means taking some risk, doesn't it? You got to you put yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. And you got to trust. You got to actually actively trust somebody. So finding trusted allies is a big part of that. So finding where you feel safe or who you feel safe with and mm -hmm. allowing those people to be your mentors and your guides, accepting guidance and understanding that I don't believe this stuff is really, it's very difficult to heal completely on your own in isolation. We heal yeah. in groups. We're hardwired to belong. So finding your people, finding your community. Well, tell us about some of the people that you, people or community that you connected up with. It sounded like you mm -hmm. had some really rough experiences. You had some abuse and some yeah. whatever the separation or whatever it is from your family yeah. early and in your, the father of your cho your child and so on, whatever that was. It, yeah. I'm assuming it was pretty ugly. And, it's uh, hard. It's really hard, yeah. But you had to connect with something that was somehow affirming. So describe one yeah. of those situations that was a bit of affirming or built you up a little bit. I think what was so beautiful is that these people can come from unexpected places. Like the people that really saved me through that time, some of them 
with therapists and practitioners that I've never seen since. One of them was a woman who was a caseworker and ran a group for people dealing with family violence. It was a women's group and we talked about the cycle of abuse we learned, but Mm -hmm. in this trusted circle, they're not in my life now, but at that time, she would come over and pack my house up if I had to move. Like she was really involved in my life. People like that, they're just the unsung heroes, Mm. the really quiet supporters who do their job in the most amazing and compassionate way. There was a lot of that. There was Mm. a lot of people like that. And then there was people in my life, like my son had made friends with a little girl at preschool and her parents became my closest friends and they were just beautiful. They would have my son over for dinner. They would have me over for dinner. They just took us in. The principal of my son's school was endlessly understanding of my situation. There was just people like that, just really, I guess, when you ask why are you so driven to serve, it's because those people literally saved my life. And when you see how big an impact those actions have, you you want to do that too. You want to pay it forward. You, You want to pay it back. And isn't it cool when some people come into your life for a season or even for a moment? Some the one quick example is I had with my over the weekend, we had to call some paramedics to help serve my mother-in-law who was having a crisis. They serve for an hour or so, then they're gone. But they were so important in the moment. And what I'm hearing you say is that people served you in the moment and some even in a season. And yet there's yes. other people who serve us for a lifetime. We, yes. you know, your own children are with you for your lifetime. Yeah, and family. And, yeah. and family are there. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's the, yeah. communi- that's the community piece. The first, yeah, I mean, the, that's the, the connection the, piece. The, we stay the connection, connection. Yeah, community. absolutely. Then there's collaboration. Then there's calibration. I calibration. So, calibration. So, let's yeah. go there. Let's go there. What's that about? What do you mean by that? Is that, you tell me what you've got in mind so, with that. I do believe that, you know, we talk about falling apart, you know, Mm -hmm. when our life falls apart or when we fall apart. So I really do believe a little bit like that special Japanese form of pottery where it gets smashed and then glued back together. There's that really special process that sometimes we actually get to put ourselves back together even better 2.0 than we were before. Yeah, how about that? That's awesome. I feel like that was the opportunity I had too. And and for a lot of people, motherhood and matrescence, which is the process you go through in becoming a mother, like adolescent. So matrescence for me, physiological, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical change, everything, every level changes when you become a mother. And so that is an opportunity to put yourself back together differently and have a new identity. So calibration is that point where you go, okay, I've changed. Now, how do I calibrate my life and my daily choices and my friends and my habits with this version of myself that has these big dreams, that understands that there is limitless potential if you are deciding and willing and connected? So now that you know that process, you can calibrate to that every day. That's awesome. And yet we also, that is the emergence and the involvement that many people go through when they become a mother. There's, I think there's reasons why God made us as such that you don't have a child 30 days after you become pregnant. It's you take that nine months, you got to need that time in order to get your head around that, both moms and dads and so on. And yet that is a traumatic, dramatic time that alone, yes. and then let alone raising a child and so on, that's all 
dramatic and tra- traumatic. Parenting is a whole different, a whole another part of the process here. But not everybody mm-hmm. handles it well, Alina. Not everybody no, deals with it right. very well. There are people who just it's terrorizes them or causes them to behave in unhealthy ways. So let's talk oh, for a minute. Let's talk for a minute about how we can help moms and moms to be or those who support them, parents or grandparents, yeah. to be help to navigate that process a little bit in a healthy Absolutely. way. And it is, I love that you mentioned that it's a community issue. This is not an issue that belongs with mothers only. Yeah. This is an issue that affects everybody. Yes. And I talk a lot about intergenerational change. I was put into care like family daycare when I was four weeks old. I was separated from my mom more hours of the day than I was with her. Yes. And that's really traumatic. And that creates and sets up an issue of separation in our society at a very deep level. And it's my understanding in America, there's a very limited time for maternity leave and women often have to go back to work. And what that does, and I don't blame- In general terms, it's about six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. That's honestly not long enough for a woman to be able to bond with her baby, to adjust her identity, to do all these things we're talking about. So what happens often is it sets up a bit of an issue in mm-hmm. both mother and baby, the way that can play out and in their, by extension, their communities, right? Mm-hmm. So at its, there's a term that I talk about quite a lot called postnatal depletion. Yes. It's a term that was coined by a man who is a doctor, what you would call an MD, in the Northern Rivers region, so north of Sydney and okay. the north coast of Australia in a place called Byron Bay, very beautiful place, a little bit like California, a little bit right. like your special place where there's lots of well-being focused stuff going on. And okay. he and his wife, he noticed in his wife this issue, this concern that her identity shifted through matrescence hmm. and that she became very depleted through pregnancy and early motherhood. So he studied it. And he then put an article in an American publication called Goop, and it was their most read article that year. So he went on to write a book about it. And it's called The Postnatal Depletion Cure. And it's a fantastic book. And it talks very much from a holistic health perspective. What can you do? Because your body is depleted, your spirit is depleted, your identity is changing. You're often not receiving the support you need because we don't have rituals of support Mm -hmm. in our culture really anymore. A common term I hear from a lot of moms, my own daughter who's got two little kids, is exhausted exhaustion. I'm so tired all the time. Is that part of what we're talking about here? Absolutely. It's one of the biggest symptoms, that deep fatigue. Mm -hmm. It's the burnout, the stressed out, the desperately need a moment to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not relaxed. I'm not enjoying these precious moments with my baby. And this pressure to conform to some bizarre idea of the perfect mom which mm. of course is ridiculous. But so, it's, out, it's out there for sure, especially when people compare themselves right. to other people or it might be whatever, right. celebrities or people it, write the books might, or whatever, yeah. And it might be a bit underground. You might think, I'm not doing that, but I feel guilty and I feel ashamed and I don't know why. Sometimes it's a bit underneath the surface because that sure. conditioning goes pretty mm. deep. So these are underlying beliefs that sometimes we don't even realize we are mm. utilizing or accessing. That postnatal depletion piece is a really key. And I help a lot of women with that. How do we navigate that? What can we do? And that's where the sort of compassion connection calibration stuff comes in. So that's what you, that's what you share and teach to uh, women who come to you with uh, exhausted or whatever it is. This is help them to recalibrate. 
the meaningfulness of their lives. And yeah, so on. Find, finding a purpose, reconnecting with their bigger picture, with their bigger picture, not just with how to show up as the best mom possible, but also how can I actually connect deeply within myself and capture this incredible moment where I have these mm -hmm. big dreams and I'm emerging through motherhood as a reconstructed person? Where do I fit in the world and how can I do these amazing things that I'm thinking about yeah. and still show up as the best mom possible without compromising my family? And some, and sometimes those are other aspects, other dreams. It might be career, right. it might be travel, it might be their marriage, any number right. of things that they want to do. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that's a really exciting moment for women. And I do that one-on-one -on -one and also with a membership. So in the membership, there's five stages of that process. And it's really powerful and it, it can show up in a lot of different ways. So let's talk for a minute, Alina, about any sort of a, we're talking about interpersonal, we're talking about people's emotional life, their mental health, mm. their relationship yes. to none of their child, but to their own to their spouse, perhaps, or to yes. other people. Let's talk about any kind of a spiritual aspect to this, any kind of a mm. inner life. What kind of soul aspects are going on with women, particularly their moms or moms-to-be, that's important about for yes. them to recalibrate? Is it a part of this yes. process? And if so, yes. how does that come into play here? Some sort of a sense of connecting to something greater than self. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be in different language for everybody. It's really personal, I believe. But we do have this natural inclination. We have a natural, I think human beings have a natural inclination to seek the divine in whatever mm. form that is for you. And for some, it's going to be a religious form of God. For others, it's going to be mindfulness, just connecting with a sense of deep knowingness within and intuition. Sometimes it's going to be Buddhism, another type of philosophy or religion doesn't really matter. What matters is that we connect, we reconnect with that part of us and with that mysterious aspect of divinity around us that we are part of and that it is part of us. So it's an interconnection. And the way that I often encourage that in our membership is with various forms of meditation, visualization, mindfulness practices that allow us to reestablish that connection when we've lost it. How can we bring that into our lives when we don't have time to sit still and quiet for 20 minutes, go to church or whatever it is we would normally do? Mm -hmm. So how do we reconnect with that sense of deep purpose? And there's lots of different ways. And like I say, it's very personal, but you can't do any of that if you're exhausted and burnt out. Right. So it's right. first things first, you look at your mental health, your physical health, your rest. Are you resting and sleeping? And what can you do for that? Getting help. And are you moving your body and exercising? And once you have those foundations in place, then we step into connecting. And that means connecting with those around you and connecting within and hmm. to that divine presence. Yeah, in order to become made whole, to have a sense of meaningfulness, right. I believe at least right. you have to have a kind of integration of these things. It's not necessarily a balance. I, I'm not sure if I believe I in the balance, the balance I life, because different times of life, different seasons, you're going to need yeah. more things. You're going to have, yeah. I'll use my own adult daughter with two little children as an example. She doesn't have the time to exercise like she used to to go on the treadmill for an hour and all that stuff. But she has to find times to take care of herself physically. you got to integrate the physical life, your mental health, and your your soul life and all that kind of thing. But yes. you do need, but you do still need it all. You need part yes. of all those pieces there. And if you exclude any part, 
that's when you're in real trouble. If you exclude your physical yes. health, you're in trouble. If you exclude your mental health, you're in trouble. If you exclude your spiritual life you're, or, or your inner life, you're, you're in trouble. Do you, reflect with me about that for a minute, Alina. Do you agree with yeah. that? Or do you? how do you see this I play do. out? How do you see it play out with this area of depletion, for instance? Depletion tells to me yeah. that some areas are not there for some people. I feel like we have to tune into the messaging in the body. The body will tell us what we need. We often get a sense that something's not right. We also need to allow the gentle accountability of a community. That's Mm. what my membership offers to women because sometimes you actually can't access that in your day-to-day life, in your circle. People are busy. And so sometimes that is the key piece is having this kind of objective and safe community wherever you find that that allows you to hold you gently accountable to your needs, to your intentions. We talked about intentionality. So if you're intentionally wanting to course correct, I call it course correcting, you need to course correct and get back on track with your divine practice or get back on track with your nutrition, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Sometimes it's helpful and it does actually really solidify an intention to say it out loud to another person and then to have them ask you in a week, how's that going? That kind of thing. So it goes so to it accountability or at least relationship is what we're talking about here? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Community connection, accountability, but in a gentle way because accountability can be a big heavy word when you're not yeah. feeling very good. Right? I get that. Yeah. Some yeah. people like to talk, just say, I just need to talk it out or I need to reflect with someone. Yes. Sometimes you just right. need that sense of someone just to listen. and Holding uh, a if space. If yep. That's a great way of putting it. Let's talk for a second then a little bit about process, you know, that Let's just say someone is really stuck. Let's say that I, I work with all kinds of people, but let's say my, my adult daughter, who's 36, has a person in her life who's really having a tough time getting through this. And I, I happen to know that she has some friends who are having difficult t- times adjusting to motherhood and so on. Yeah. What are some of the processes? What are some of the kind of the first steps for people? Like, for instance, if people get involved with your community, with your membership, yeah. what are some of the steps people need to go through, the strategy, if you will, to begin the yeah. process of recalibrating? What are some things they need to be doing? Sure. So I call it a roadmap. There, there is a roadmap. There are certain touch points that are really helpful. And this is notwithstanding medical or psychological concerns. Okay. So if there's a medical concern or a psychological concern, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist. I can't do that. That I would refer. But, and that's an important distinction. Postnatal depletion is different to postnatal depression, Mm -hmm. which is a mental health concern that may require medication, right? Very different. And so the first thing is to rule out. And then I would say in terms of positive steps, we just start with the basics because the basics actually can be incredibly challenging mm. when you're in that position. Okay. Are you safe? Are you taking in enough water and food that nourishes your body? Yeah. Are yeah. you moving regularly? Can you do some gentle movement? How's your nervous system? Do you need a little bit of a nervous system reset? Are you in adrenal fatigue? Because if you've been operating under a lot of pressure for some time, certain things can arise and stay there and makes it very difficult to rest or eat properly or do anything if you're in adrenal mm. fatigue. So there's various things we just look at first. And then some people come in and they're like, I'm fine with all that. 
but I'm feeling really disconnected from myself and my community. So the next okay. step would be, okay, how do we reestablish connection with you, with yourself and with you, with those close to you and with your wider community? And we do that in a number of ways. There's a number of practices that we pull in there. And then the next step is actually about ethical living and sustainable living because I believe a lot of us are carrying a burden of wanting to care for our environment and not knowing how to do that and wanting to care for our bodies in a sustainable way, not knowing how to do that. So I teach basic fermentation. I teach composting. Mm -hmm. I teach these really simple things that get you back in touch with your role as someone who looks after your environment in your home, just in a very micro level. So we just go, what can we do at home to reduce our waste? To It's just a really simple yeah. little introduction and but it's in depth enough for those that have done it before to learn something so that's the next step the next step after that is actually about productivity and becoming more streamlined and decluttering and those sorts of things okay so now we're at the next stage we're ready to start creating space we're ready to start being more efficient and actually calling in a bigger purpose and our bigger dreams we're in it we've got our foundations we're connected we're feeling good so now what's the next step the next step is your bigger purpose how do you okay. want to serve What's your service to the world? What's your offering? So that's so if I'm understanding, you begin to feed yourself, heal yourself, and then a yeah. part of the overall healing is to give back, serve serve somebody else. Yeah, the ultimate okay. goal of any spiritual program, right, mm -hmm. is service. Any religion, any philosophy, it always ends up with service. Any 12-step program, the 12th step is service. Yes, okay? yes, so, yes. So that is, that's no well, mistake because that's what we need as humans. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how you do that then because part of your yeah. process for you through your situations, you yeah. have your three children and from yeah. two, two different iterations and, they're, uh, and you've gone through this, you've done a lot of processing yourself and you do some yeah. things and you're giving back in some specific ways here. And let's talk about your, yeah. your podcast and your blog and your membership program. What are some of the ways that you are giving back here and how can people begin to understand how that can be helpful to them? Yeah, sure. So I do offer a lot of free information. I love to connect people to the information they need, a lot like you, Brad. And uh, I do that with my blog, The Soul Mama Hub, and I do that with my podcast, The Unboxable Podcast. And then I have two paid offerings at the moment. One is a bespoke guidance program where one-to-one -one private mentorship with me. And the other one is a membership, a month-to-month -month membership. We do activation workshops every month with sometimes amazing experts all over the world. Last month mm -hmm. we had an American MD and author, integrative functional medicine, amazing woman, and sometimes with me. And we just learn new things and then we have a circle, a monthly mother's circle where we sit around and we integrate what we've mm -hmm. learned that month and we catch up with each other and we have a private group where we all communicate as well. So that's slowly growing. It's quite new and it's a beautiful privilege to serve in that yeah. way. But I believe the, the way we've served the most as mothers is in our own families. Sure. Yeah, so do you have some fun doing that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very lucky to live in yeah. a beautiful part of the world and, yeah, really lucky. And martial yeah. artist as well. I also serve that community yeah. and locally. Yeah. yeah, I do lots of things. Okay. What I'm getting at is that I think it's important that in the process of doing all this stuff that we smile and have some fun and laugh and, oh and my God. maybe have a tear or two perhaps at some soft 
hearted moment, something that warms our heart. It's because it's about the it's about the not only the intellectual and the physical, but it's the mm. emotional warm connection. Yeah, you that, go do what you love. That compassion. Mm. And so, what I'd like to hear from you now, Lena, is one of those stories. Uh, let's hear about a person or a situation out of your coaching or your group or a podcast or something. Tell me about a person who, you know, out of your teaching, out of your service, out of your community that you've seen that, okay, that aha moment or something transformative. Can we hear a story? Yeah, sure. There was, oh, I just, I'm, which do I choose? There's quite a few and they're really beautiful. So why don't I choose as an American woman actually, who's in my membership and she has two young children with quite severe allergies. She was very depleted when she came to me, she was coming off the back of a bout of depression and she had been medicated and she was in this point of, do I go back on my medication or do I try and find another way to feel better? And like I say, this is not for everybody. This is not about medication or medical Mm, advice in any way. But for her story, she was ready to move forward in a different way. So she gave it a try and she's been in the membership now for a year. And the things that I've seen change in her, she has started to really ask powerful questions of her life. She has started to understand how she can manage her anxiety around her children's allergies. So they've now started school and preschool, which was something she really struggled with in the past. She's also started to really curate her community. So she is more careful with who she spends time with and she really nourishes her soul on a daily basis with various practices. She does art. She does a little bit of meditation. She has sought some healing and she actually Mm -hmm. had some surgery on a long-term issue that was really bothering her. They've bought a house, her and her partner. So they, their life is moving in a direction that she's intentionally choosing that is much more nourishing for her. And she's coping so differently. And she, just to see her showing up and finding holistically healthy ways to live through some pretty big challenges is really inspiring to me. She has really inspired me. And when you see and you experience transformation, see it, know that somehow or another it's a part of your life journey as well. There's nothing better, is there's nothing better from my Right. Absolutely. And she laughs. And she's enjoying she's enjoying it. When people are going through really terrible tragic circumstances, it's tough. It's tough. It's hard to see the bright side. And if you can start to get get out beyond that, it's really cool. Yeah, Elena, powerful. And it's I, I got a feeling there's a lot of people out there who have a sense of meaninglessness in life. And sometimes it yeah. manifests itself in things like postpartum depression yeah. and, and other yeah. you know, motherhood, parenthood of all ages. My, all my yeah. kids are adults and I still have to deal with stuff with them. <laughs> Believe me. Of course, but, yeah. but, but my point is we all have to deal with these ups and downs. But if we, you provided some tools and some help here and that help people in these particular circumstances, moms particularly. So if there's people yes. out there who this has touched a nerve with them, or maybe that someone's yes. listening to this, who maybe it's their adult daughter or their neighbor or yes. their somebody they are in a, they work out with or somebody, they know the stories. People sure. talk, people talk in their groups Maybe there's something you have here that's helpful to them. How can people find out more about your blog and your podcast and what are you all about? How can people find out more about you? 
So you can find me on Instagram at Soul Mama Hub, S-O-U-L-M-A-H-E-B. I'm also, I've just been sitting here thinking what I can give your listeners and I'd love to give them a free guide. It's about three secrets to overcoming depletion, maternal depletion. It's pretty transferable. So I'll put that together and give it to you for the show notes, but that will be at alloverhealthy.com forward slash Brad. So all over healthy as it sounds dot com forward slash Brad. And that's really helpful as a starting point. And otherwise just come and look at my website, elenaturley.com, A-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-L-E-Y.com. And indeed, we will put links to all of that at our website, Dr. Brad Miller. Yeah. What a fascinating discussion, Alina. Just, I just, I, here's what I do know. I know that this is a need, okay. <laughs> Out of my own experiences yeah. of over my 40, yeah. 42 years as a pastor, I dealt with a yeah. lot of families, some of them pretty tough circumstances. And in more than one, there was dynamics regarding the birth of a child or the or postpartum yeah. situation yeah. that were just really challenging to deal with. And not everybody was equipped to deal with, and some things didn't turn Agreed. out so well. And those yeah. things then impact they go on. They become generational. They, they become generational. Out. You yeah. become, they become a factor in those children. They become a factor in the grandchildren. They become a factor for yeah. generations. And wouldn't it be cool to be a part of breaking a pattern there and helping yeah. more health and vitality and good things to come out? Yeah, that's and the mother love movement. That's it. It's under-recognized love, the, and underserved. Yep, I agree. Mo- mo- and so I want to say thank you for your service to this group of people, which is, hey, there's a lot of mothers out there and a lot of kids out there. We're all children of our mothers. Thank you for that. We look forward to our paths crossing again and for you continue to serve women and families here. So thank you for your service. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity, Alina Turley, the soul mama and a mother love movement and the Unboxable Podcast. We thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. I tell you what, I'm privileged to talk to a lot of wonderful people here on Beyond Adversity. And some people are just kind of cool. Alina Turley is just one of those women who is really cool and somebody that I would like to get to know better. And I bet you would too. And I hope that you can do just that and hope you got to know her a little bit through our conversation here today on Beyond Adversity. And we thank Alina Turley for being with us today. I always like to say, uh, kind of reflect with you about a couple of takeaway points, three points I want to leave with you here with today, for women particularly, but it really applies to anybody. The first one is to remember your power. You know, remember that uh, you are a, a woman, a person who has power, and you need to access that power. Second one is to find your confidence by taking your next right step. And the next right step needs to be towards your dream life. The next right step to be towards something better for yourself, something we teach here at Beyond Adversity. And the third thing is how she did the practical, pragmatic step is she applied the principles of martial arts uh, to use in her life. And I would encourage you to apply some physical step that integrates the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual in your life. Hey, that's what it's uh, about in terms of dealing with depletion. Depletion is what she talks about a lot here in our conversation has to do when you are exhausted and you can be exhausted mentally, emotionally, and certainly physically. So you need to be uh, very intentional about fulfillment and overcoming depletion 
by filling yourself up. One way that you can do that is what we do right here at Beyond Adversity. Just invite you to check out our back catalog of over two, uh, 270 episodes now. This is episode 270. They're going to speak into your life. Particularly in regards to Elena Turley, I want you to do this. She has a tool that's going to, that has called the Three Secrets to Healing from Depletion. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.